Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Angie, Estimate Rocket, and Paint Supply. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I am the founder of Elite Business Advisors and your host here for the podcast. So one thing that we see happen a lot and working with a lot of business owners is business owners taking out more money from their business than where the state of the business is that really warrants taking that much money. Uh, and so one thing that we see a lot is maybe it's some personal spending habits that are causing them to need to take more money out of the business than what the business is actually making, right? I think it's a hard thing, especially business owners starting out, um, getting going in businesses, there's a certain amount of money they need to make to support their family. And sometimes it's worth stretching the cash flow of the business really thin in that. And sometimes that's okay for a season, right? There's a balance there and we can kind of walk through that with people. Um, But we've noticed that this can be a common theme. And so, you know, this is really why we sit down at the end of the month when we job cost out all of the projects that our clients have done that month or when they job cost it out. Um, and we sit down and, and we actually list what the owner took out of the business on almost as an expense, right? As a, you know, if it's an S corporation, how much they paid through payroll and distributions. If it's a LLC, just a sole proprietor, how much they just took out of the business in general. Um, but we want to see what was the net monthly like profitability or cash flow of the business based on the jobs that were produced, monthly overhead, and then what the owner paid themselves. And this usually, by the time we factor this in, this tells us a lot about the business, right? And it kind of tells us, hey, you're you're probably taking out a little bit more money than where you should be right now. So we either need to increase your business money uh, coming in, right? Which is the typical route that we take, or do you need to pay yourself a little bit less and can you even afford to do that? We don't like to go that route unless it's really outrageous and there's some flexibility there. Uh, and so let me be clear, before we jump into this episode, <laughs> I'm not here to step on toes, right? I'm not trying to make you feel bad about any previous decisions or situations you find yourself in. Life happens and I get that, right? All of a sudden an $80 a month thing here, $100 there, a little bit of inflation hits, kids go to school, like sports, like I understand things happen and all of a sudden we kind of sometimes can look at our finances and be like, holy shit, how did we get here, right? I understand that. Uh, and, and again, I don't want to like look at this as a negative episode, but what I really want to do in this episode here today is make sure our listeners understand that there is a direct correlation usually between personal finances and business finances. And what are some things we can do to help with that, to help navigate those waters, right? And, and maybe change the way that we think about some things, right? Or maybe break some habits that we'll talk through. Uh, and so again, I don't want this to be a negative thing. I'm not trying to step on toes. I just want to get that out of the way now. So I don't have to say that a hundred times during the episode, although I probably will still, because you guys know my heart and you know where I'm coming at from this. I want to bring some awareness about it. And I just want you to help you think through what you do in your personal life and your business life and understand that they do connect. So I hope it helps. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. One foundational thing I want to start with uh, before we dive too deep into this episode is that there should be a split between your personal finances and your business finances. Okay. This is a foundational thing and it's still 
Too many times I see things commingled in funds. Um, you should have separate bank accounts for your business and a separate bank account for your personal life. They should not be intertwined together. And I don't care whether you're a sole proprietor or a single member LLC and like you can get by with that. No, you should not be doing that um, because it just makes things messy, especially if you ever get audited, especially if there is um, any liability, you know, a, a lawsuit that could come against you. Um, when funds get mingled, that immediately can kind of dissolve that separation when you have an LLC or even as an S corporation, right? So we just want to make that very clear. You should have a split between your personal and your business finances. Preferably, they should even be at different banks. I know a lot of people bank at the same place. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's more likely that mistakes will happen. Money accidentally gets transferred to the wrong account. Maybe you go to deposit at a check and they accidentally put it in your personal checking account and not your business. Maybe you never realize it, or maybe you do, and then you gotta transfer money. Like, I think it's best if you can have them at separate bank accounts. Um, my painting company, Elite Business Advisors account, and our personal account are all at three different banks. I just wanna keep everything separate. I wanna have different banks. I do have like the external transfer set up between them so I can, you know, transfer money around if, you know, as distributions and stuff if I want to. But honestly, a lot of times I still just write a paper check. That way there's a legitimate paper trail there behind it. That's just me personally. Um, if you were an S corporation, you really need to have a very tight line between your personal and your business finances because as an S corporation, you are completely separating the business from yourself. You are then an employee of the business. Um, there's some things with that. You really have to watch the personal spending and the business spending. If you pay for something personally, you need to reimburse yourself with a check out of the business to yourself for that amount and categorize it appropriately. So um, just understand that if you have any questions, reach out to us again, we're always happy to answer any questions or help guide you through that. But I think that's a foundational thing I wanted to get out. Um, here's one great principle to live by that I wanna get out of the way too here, but both personally and in business, spend less money than you make. Let me say that again. One great principle to live by, both personally and in your business is to spend less money than you make. And I know that sounds cliche, but if you were spending more money than you were making in your business, in your personal life, it doesn't matter. Just because it's in business and it's a tax write-off and whatever doesn't mean that you can spend more money than what you're actually making, right? And so we wanna go through and talk about kind of being proactive with this, having some budgets, looking at things after the month's over with, just a couple things you can do, and you should be doing this both in your personal life and in your business life to make sure that we're on track, right? I know some people that are really good at doing this in their personal lives and completely non-existent in their business. And I know some people that are really good at doing this for their business and they don't do it in their personal lives. You should be doing this for both of them. I might be a little bit fanatic about this um, in the way that I systematize and look at these things, but I would rather be like really in the know and have a really good handle in both our business and our personal lives where we are financially than have like a 50-50 idea, right? Like I wanna know exactly where we're sitting at, sometimes maybe to a fault, but that's okay, right? And so I think there's a couple, there's really two things that we kind of boiled this down to say, these are the two things that causes business owners to take more money out of their business than what they should. Uh, and, and number one is debt, um, debt on the personal side of things. Again, not trying to dive into you know anything as far as stepping on toes or, or anything that's wrong with this. But I think there's good debt in life and I think there's bad debt in life. And personally, 
Um, and, and this is my personal opinion. You're going to hear conflicting things all over the financial world. Um, I, lo- I love a lot of D- um, Dave Ramsey's content out there. I think he's got a lot of good stuff and a lot of good principles. I don't personally agree with all of it, but that's okay. Right. Because I think he's got a lot of great stuff out there. And and I think with anything in life, we need to take information and take out of it what we feel is it aligns with our values and our thoughts and beliefs and then solicit different opinions for the other things that we don't agree with. Right. And so for me personally, I feel like good debt um, or maybe not even good debt, but like acceptable debt um, is cars and mortgages. I can typically justify if you are smart with both of those purchases, and that's the key here. We're being smart with these purchases. We're not going and buying in, I don't even know how much they are brand new, but a $100,000 brand new Tahoe um, if we really can't afford a $100,000 brand new Tahoe, right? Like I'm a big fan of buying vehicles that are a year or two old, that the depreciation's already worn down and you can kind of sweep in and take that benefit, right? Um, obviously interest rates are much higher now. So this is a little bit of a different conversation now than what it would have been a year or two ago, or even five years ago when things were kind of normalized. Um, but I believe that cars and houses are debt that can be justified, right? Cause you need something to drive. And as long as you're, you have the mindset that you keep a vehicle for 10 years, right? Or a long period of time, you're not just getting a new car every two to three years. In that case, a car loan doesn't really make a lot of sense for you. Um, but same thing with mortgages, right? If you are planning to do that, you need a place to live at, right? So if you're going to rent, you might as well own. So I understand those are justifiable, right? But again, we have to be smart about those. Having a $1,000 a month car payment, if you can't really afford a $100,000 a month or a $1,000 a month car payment, isn't really a good decision then at that point, right? So we have to be smart about some of these decisions. Um, But let's talk about kind of what I would call the bad debt, right? The student loans, the credit cards, the the furniture, um, the equipment, the the random things that we can finance now in, in life. Right. And, and again, not that they're all bad. Again, student loans can be an investment if you're using that and, and it makes sense for you in your career. Um, a lot of you guys know Christina is a physician assistant. The student loans she had to take out to get that degree have paid off over time. Right. Um, that was, you know, it sucked paying interest on them and a lot of money there for a while. And we just knocked them out in five years, just get them out of the way. And I'm so glad that we did. Um, but it was an investment, right? But it's still money that was coming out of our bank account every month to pay for that. So I'm talking about things that are accruing a lot of interest, especially credit cards. When you have a lot um, of bills and, and a lot of, you know, loans and, and interest being paid out, that really can start to eat up your cash. If you stop and look at how much money are you spending a month just to service the debt you have, car, house, student loans, credit cards, anything else, anything you're making monthly payments on, add that amount of money up each month. And and how much does that total up to, right? Um, You know, there's kind of the rule that you shouldn't ever, you know, your your all-in home purchases shouldn't take up more than 33% of your your take-home pay, right? Uh, And that's, Sometimes a hard rule to, to live by, especially with interest rates being higher, property taxes going up, uh, especially if you live in the great state of Illinois. I won't even get into that one, but anybody listening to Illinois probably feels me there. Um, you know, it shouldn't be more than 33% of your take home money. Uh, it's kind of a good general rule of thumb. Um, by the time you factor everything in, if, if your loan payments are 70% of your take home income, like that's a lot of money, right? That will add up. So, you know, maybe the conversation needs to be how can we pay down? some debt and some loans to get in a spot to where we have a little bit more freed up cash flow on the personal side, which then means we have maybe a little more flexibility in the business, right? Do you see how these are kind of going hand in hand? Because if you have a lot of things that you're paying 
payments on in your personal life, um, then you have to take more money out of your business, whether you're making it or not, right? Because you have to make these payments. Uh, and I'm going to say this before I get too deep into this. Um, I'm not saying you have to go sell everything and change everything, but I will say there was a point in time, uh, Christine and I, we were just getting married or about to be married. And we got plugged in with um, a, a program called Financial Fitness. It's, um, you know, 47 principles off in Stephen's playing field of finances. And it was like a game changer for us. And a lot of what I'm talking through here comes from things we learned in those 47 principles, things we've applied into our lives. And one of the decisions we made, we had just bought her a brand new Nissan Rogue. It wasn't anything crazy. Again, it was a $23,000 vehicle. Um, and we were a year, year and a half into it. And we start realizing this and, and we kind of had that, like, how did we get here moment, right? Like we both were raised with some pretty good financial sense. We learned a lot from our parents. They taught us some good principles, but we still ended up purchasing a home, buying a vehicle. We had all these student loans. We didn't have a whole lot of other stuff outside of that, but all of a sudden it was like, holy crap. Like we had this realization, especially the student loan side of it, um, because, they weren't mine. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but like all of a sudden it was like a reality of, Oh, we have to make payments on these things. Um, and it was like, how did we get here? And so we actually sold her car. Um, we ended up pretty much breaking even on it with what we sold it for, what we owed. Okay, great. Uh, and we went and bought, um, a, a vehicle that paid cash for it. It was like $4,000, uh, and drove that for a handful of years just so that we could take that four to $500 a month payment, whatever her car payment was and put it on her student loans to knock them out that much quicker. Right. So, so doing that freed up cash flow. Um, it did maybe add a little bit more in the repairs and maintenance thing over time. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it freed up cash flow for us to be able to knock out some of the other debt a little bit quicker. Right. And there's a, a principle called the debt snowball effect. And basically it's when you can pay off one loan and you take whatever you were spending on that loan and apply it to the next one with that monthly payment. And then you just keep, you know, snowballing down, right? If you get the first and second one done, then you take what you were spending on those two and put it all in the third one, right? And you start building momentum like a snowball to where by the time you get to the last one, you're really knocking out um, that debt pretty quickly. Uh, and this is something that will take time. Don't get me wrong. But I want you to understand, again, the correlation here and that there are things you can do to change either of these, right? Uh, but what I want to kind of pivot to the rest of this episode is the habits that we have. Right. Yes, there's, you know, things that you do in your personal lives that kind of force you to take more money out of your business than maybe you want to or, or it just is the situation that it is. Right. But at the same time, I think that really a lot of this goes a, a step deeper. And this is what I love about that financial fitness program is it started thinking about the psychology of money. And there's some great books out there on the psychology of money and the way we think about money. But it's more about the things that we do. Right. The habits that we have in our personal lives with our finances will carry over into our business. So for example, knowing what is smart expenses and what's an investment, what's an actual expense, right? Understanding those things. Uh, and again, I'm not going to step on toes here, but if you are the person that every time you go to the gas station, you go in, you buy a soda, snacks, you know, a couple of things, right? It's seven, five to $10 every time you go to a gas station. Maybe you do that every single day, right? If you're not spending that money on like groceries and other things, you can kind of justify that, right? Like you're getting your snacks and food and like drinks for the day, whatever. I understand that. But if you're spending a lot of money on groceries and you're stopping and buying this, right? That adds up, right? I mean, there's the, the whole, like if you stop and get a Starbucks everyday thing, I love Starbucks. 
I go in there a lot. That's kind of my go-to mobile office if I'm not here or, or at home, um, you know, working where I usually am most of the time. Um, but like, I have to kind of limit myself on how much money I will spend there every week because that adds up over time, right? And so if you get in bad spending habits on a personal level, that's going to carry over into your business. You're just going to probably spend money a little bit more freely in your business than what you should, right? Because that's the habit you have in your personal life. You don't have a good tight rein on things. Um, another thing, being proactive with your money. We've talked about this a handful of times on the show over the years about being proactive in your business by putting aside deposits in a separate deposit account connected to the checking wherever you have your business checking at to where you put deposits in there. And once you buy materials or the job starts, then you move the deposit over into the checking account, just being proactive and allocating that money away. Same thing with taxes, right? You should set a percentage of your revenue aside, 5, 10, 15, 20%, depending on your business structure, your profitability, and, and doing some tax planning with your accountant. But you should set a percentage of income aside in another separate account, attached to your business checking, uh, and don't touch that money, right? And just being proactive with it, right? And I think when you do this in your personal life, it's going to carry over into your business, right? So for us, and again, I've got a whole system I do. Christina was the one time was like, hey, you should you should probably show me like how you pay bills and, and manage all of our money. Like you've done a great job. I trust you. I don't second guess anything, but you should probably show it to me in case like something happens and you die. Right. In which I start thinking through like, Oh, she's a medical professional. I could probably die in my sleep and no one would ever, you know, know how, but that wasn't the point. Um, and so I was like, yeah, sure. I'll sit down. I'll show you within five minutes. She got up and walked away. And I was like, you know what, if you die, I'll just figure it out because I don't understand what you're doing here. But in a very simple sense, um, we've gotten to the habit where we are proactive with our money. We kind of use that envelope system that, that Dave Ramsey talks about. This one thing I love that he talks about here. Um, and we just, every paycheck, a certain amount of money goes into a fund for our cars, right? And that's what we make out any car payments out of. Um, it covers our insurance for the year. It covers, you know, general wear and tear, repairs, maintenance, anything like that. Um, our yearly stickers here in the state of Illinois, our registration. Like we just put a fixed amount of money, every paycheck into a fund that says car and any car related expenses come out of there, right? I know how much we typically spend a year on insurance, all those things, right? And it's, it's more than what we need on that. Um, and it just covers everything. We don't have to worry about it, right? If, if we get hit with a $500, um, you know, repair on a transmission or something, like, yeah, it sucks, but guess what? Like the money's in the account, we just pay for it. Like, I don't think twice about it. It's like, oh my gosh, that's gotta come out of this paycheck. So like, we're very proactive in, in a couple of different areas um, in our personal finances. And guess what? It was really easy for me to do the deposits and the taxes uh, and setting money aside for that. We set money aside here to Elite Business Advisors for our PCA um, you know, investments that we do, like going to Expo, um, having a trade show booth, right? Having our sponsorship there every year. Hey, I'm very proactive and we set aside a certain amount of money every single month in an account. And whenever we have a, something due that we need to, to spend to invest in a PCA and our, our, our partnership with them, boom, it's right there. We pay it, right? And so I think getting proactive and, and look up the envelope system um, and just, you know, you can get to the nth degree on it. You can have one for groceries, one for gas. I don't get that far with it, um, but we just do some of the main things like car. We have one for the house. We have one for the, the remodels. Some of you guys know we're finishing our basement right now. Um, you know, kind of each different area. We have a giving fund um, that we put a, a month, set of money aside, a set amount of money aside every paycheck into that. Uh, and that's what we tied to our church too. That's what we just use to do when we need to go bless somebody or do something for somebody. Like we don't think twice about it. The money's there. That's what it's earmarked for, right? Um, so there's a lot of different things. I hate even sharing that last one. I didn't even mean to. Um, 
but there's a lot of different things you can do to be proactive with your money. And again, when you do that in your personal life, it's going to happen in your business. And if you aren't doing it in either and you want to start doing it in your business, do it there, right? Because those good habits are going to carry over into your personal life eventually too. And if you need help, again, let us know. Um, I think a couple other things on the proactive front, budgeting. We talk about it with business. We talk about it with personal lives. You should be budgeting your money. The reason I don't get super in the weeds with groceries and gas and everything is because I kind of know where we should be at with that, right? Because I've done a budget in the past. Um, I probably need to update it and I will after we get through our second child and my wife switching jobs and stuff. It's already on my to-do list in December and January um, heading into next year. But, you know, I, I think you should have a budget and you should look at it. Here's the big thing. Look at it at the end of the month and compare it with the plan, right? Again, I do that with our business too. I say, hey, here's what we're projecting next month for revenue. This is what our cost of goods sold is. This is what our you know expenses probably will be. You know, our PCA investment, our tax savings, what I'm gonna pay myself. And, and here's kind of what we're on track with, right? And then at the end of the month, I sit down and I say, okay, what actually happened, right? And we compare it and I do the same thing again, whenever I am really diligent with a budget is I will sit down and at the end of the month, I'll say, okay, I had $700 allocated for groceries. How much did we spend? Okay, I had $300 in gas. How much did we actually spend, right? And some might be over, some might be under. If we notice patterns, I'll adjust the budget as need be over time. Um, so being proactive with things. I think another thing is organization, being very organized with your finances. This is especially important in business with bookkeeping, keeping your receipts, tracking your cash flow. And I think it's the same thing in our personal lives Like we need to be organized with things. We need to have an idea of what's going on, right? We need to have a handle on things and, and just have a system, right? I have a system that works for us. Again, it's probably more in depth than what most of you guys would, would want to do. Um, I, I love, uh, Michelle Dambrowitz, when she was here at our retreat, she was like, please don't make us talk about numbers. Like I will start sweating. Uh, and so we kept it light, uh, not just for her. Sorry, Michelle, we're not calling you out, but, um, you know, like I understand that, that the financial system I use in our personal lives would freak 90% of you guys out and that's okay. Right. Cause it doesn't have to be what we do. Just, you have to have something that works well for you that is systematic and organized and you don't have to think about it. Um, I think one thing I want to say here is you don't know what you don't know. Uh, and that's okay because now you have some different information. So you can't claim ignorance anymore. Sorry. Um, but you don't know what you don't know. Again, you only know what you've been taught and, and maybe that's been a lot. Maybe it's been a little, it's okay. Right. Cause information is out there and sometimes information is great, but action is a better thing. Right. And it's something that will change over time. It's something that will continue to evolve and, and compound over time, right? Compound interest, they always say is the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, is it working for you um, in growing money for you? Or is it working against you with a lot of the debt that you have in, in compound interest, you're actually paying compound interest to a bank or somebody else, right? Uh, and so I really do hope that this was helpful for you guys. Um, again, it's something that we see that comes up that I, you know, we kind of use that as a, a guiding principle for this podcast, common questions, common themes, things we see both with clients and other, you know, business owners in the industries. Um, you know, we want to kind of get a, a pulse on that and, and bring some education. So I, I hope it helps and I hope it does help and, and come off in the, the way that I intended it to. Uh, you know, if, if you need help with either of these things, 
please reach out to me. Shoot me an email, chris at elitebusinessadvisors.com. Go to our website, elitebusinessadvisors.com, submit something on our contact form. If you need help on the business side, obviously we've got tons of resources and things I'd love to help you with there. Um, but if you need help even on the personal side, you just have some questions, you wanna talk about something, you wanna bounce an idea, whether it was something I heard you heard in this episode or something else, um, I'm always happy to chat with you guys. Um, I'm happy to share just some of the information that we learned over the years, how we applied it in our lives. Do we have it all figured out? Absolutely freaking not. You guys know that, right? But I'm happy to at least share some of the experiences and things that I know and have seen have helped us, you know, pay off student loans for a physician assistant in five years and just get in a little bit of a better spot where we feel like we actually have some sort of a grip on things, uh, you know, and still always learning and trying to find ways to be better with things. But reach out. Um, if there's something that I can't help you with, we have plenty of trusted individuals I'm happy to connect you to, especially in the long-term financial planning, especially in the tax world all these different things. We have some really good resources um, that I'd love to connect you with, with some trusted partners and friends of mine. So um, I hope that this was helpful. I hope I didn't step on your toes too bad. I'm sorry if I offended anybody, uh, but most importantly, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.